Our Father, we thank you again for the chance to be together and talk about things to do to help your kids. Help us that we can be a blessing to them. And now I especially ask that you send you Holy Spirit here so that the people will hear what you need them to hear, not the mumblings that I have. We ask this in thy name. Amen. So we're going to look at a, some of the mission statements and stuff. Uh, North American Division Master Guide Mission. To empower leaders through effective training, equipping, and deploying them for service. I don't know. No, you're, you're Gulf states. And as memory serves me, there's... A bunch of master guides active in that area, um, and there there are uh, some parts of the country where there are master guide clubs, and uh, the the question has come up: What happens in a master guide club? Do you get together and do master guidey stuff? You know, and if so, what does that look like? And usually, uh, there's as I understand it, there are two primary parts to a master guide club. One of them is to help people get through the requirements to become a master guide. So that you will get encouragement to how are you coming on your reading in, on this book, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And... Um, and they might uh, scheduling seminars like we like we we're doing here, because uh, to get through it all, there is a whole bunch of seminars that you need to get through. Uh, so that's one of the parts. That's one of the parts of a lot of master guide clubs. Another part that some have is for people who have their master guide, is putting them to work. And what does putting them to work look like? Well, that might be... Uh, well, among the things that I have seen done here is where the, uh, the there's an active master guide, Spanish uh, master guide club in the Grand Rapids area. And one of the area coordinators over there uh, is leading it. And uh, you know, and there are just parts, for instance, of uh, the the we just had our Pathfinder Fair a few months ago, and uh, he let them look after the security for our for for the fair and organizing and implementing the parade that we had, and so he's putting them to work. Now, notice it's talked about. Uh, effective training, equipping, and deploying them for service. And that's part of what that was about. Uh, you'll also find Master Guides active in Adventurer Clubs, in Pathfinder Clubs. You can find them in Sabbath Schools. Um, you can find them among the ranks of deacons. You can find them in the elders. Um, but the idea is Master Guides their primary focus as a master guide is young people. And of course, then we can get into discussions on what qualifies as a young person. I mean, 
Noah started his family when he was, what, 500 years old? So we're all young. I'm still young by this definition. Uh, I, I like this saying, if serving is below you, leadership is beyond you. I like that. Purpose of Master Guide Ministry, to develop, oops, develop Christ-like leaders to disciple children and youth. That's what it's about. Here's the Master Guide pledge. Loving the Lord Jesus, I promise to take an active part in the work of the Adventurer and Pathfinder Ministries, doing what I can to help finish the work of the gospel in all the world. Which part of the world do we start in? The one we're in. You know, uh, long ago, far away, this guy said, I can't be a leader. I, I don't have what it takes. And somebody said to me, well, what do you have in your hand? He says, a stick. He says, okay, start with your stick. And um, that was Moses. That, that's Dave's really loose paraphrase uh, version. That's where he started. Now, how do we do it? Now, how do we address the whole world part of this? We start in our backyard. And, and what does spreading out looking like? Does that mean we all have to get on planes or trains? And, and so how, how else can we do this? Pebble in the pond, rippling effect. Among the things we can do now, some of you I know have been to the um, exhibit tent and that we can support missions around the world through prayer, time, uh, encouragement. You can have your kids write letters of encouragement to missionaries. Okay, that, you can do that. That's helping finish the gospel. You can do projects to raise money for, so somebody can have a goat in whatever country that's needed, you know. Okay, need to talk a little bit about motivating. The act of motivating, providing incentive to actuate, propel, move, prompt, incite, give an incentive for action. This moved me to sacrifice my career, whatever. Okay, so how do we motivate individuals? In one of the shortcomings a lot of groups have is where some people just don't want to do anything. So what do you do? Uh, well, you know, their inactivity can, can have that ripple effect. Um, and, and we've lost the resource of that person. And now the, the total group can't be as effective. So this is one of the reasons we need to motivate them. So here we have this guy. It says, after 15 minutes of inactivity, Ed's operating system automatically returns him to a default sleep mode. Um, hopefully that's not most of your club. So if you have one person who is inactive, it can demoralize the whole group. Here we have a group of three, and as you can see, they're all shouldering their part of the load. 
This, and sometimes giving kids physical things to do, tasks like here we are moving a, a roll of carpet where, that one person can't do, but several people can together. That's great. Um, as some of you may be aware today, uh, I was just blown away. Um, Chad, Pastor Chad, uh, he's leader of the youth tent. And, he, and for the youth, uh, he took everybody from the youth tent today to go work on building parts of beds. Uh, for the, you know, for those that aren't familiar with that, with the, with the sleep in heavenly peace program, uh, the idea is no kid sleeps on the floor in this town, and they put together beds. Or these are not fancy beds, but the uh, the idea is to put together a sturdy bed frame and uh, show up. Uh, when the install team shows up at a house, they assemble the bed frame, they roll out the mattress, uh, they put on sheets, a comforter, a pillow. Today they even had teddy bears to put on them. Uh, and these are for kids that don't have a bed. They're just sleeping on the floor. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Monday through Thursday, that's what they're doing. And uh, I, I think it's an awesome program. Um, but, but this is giving people ways to, for everybody to get involved. They had a, an assembly line where people are cutting wood, and some people, somebody has to measure the wood, and it has to be cut, and holes have to be drilled, and, and all the different parts of, of assembling these things go... And if, if you can put together a work bee project kind of thing, uh, that's a good way to get kids doing stuff. Um, where, so everybody can be involved together. Sometimes the reason some members aren't involved is because they don't know what the task is to be accomplished or what part they're supposed to play. And so we need to help them learn that. Uh, yeah, just plain better communication. What are we trying to do? Uh, if they don't know what they're what's going on, uh, well, you can't blame them for not being involved. Uh, but a lot of times, if you just they just understand this is what we're trying to do, give them the big picture, and you know, I I know running a sander on these boards isn't exciting. But this sander is, this board is going to be part of a bed for some kid that doesn't have one. And, and, and explain it, you know, the, obviously this is a limited example, but, but um, sometimes that's all it takes to help motivate somebody is to explain what's going on. So here we have a Dilbert cartoon. Every employee will wear a button that says, I'm empowered. I don't want to. You have to. That was everything you need to know about life in one package. So, what motivation do we give people? And if we don't give any, uh, we can't expect a lot. Um, here's another one. 
We must maintain a sense of urgency. Speed is the key. We must be faster than the competition. Does that mean you'll sign the stuff that's been on your desk for a month? Logical questions don't mix with motivational messages. Uh, got a problem with that. But. So how do you motivate a group? Sometimes one of the, what you need to do is in, in, in different groups, there, are, there will be key individuals. If you can motivate that one individual, they will help get others going. Uh, the second club of Pathfinders that I had in Minnesota, uh, boy, that was true of Heidi. If Heidi was, if we could get Heidi going in the right direction, everybody went in the right direction. And if Heidi wasn't going in the direction, right direction, oh my. But that's one of the ways of motivating a group. Uh, but we need to remember that within the group, there are individuals, and we will all... People do things for their reasons. Um, an example of that, uh, the story is told of this rich Texan. And this is some time ago, but anyway, his uh, wife came to him one day and said, uh, and informed him that they had a daughter that was of marriageable age and she needed to have a coming out party. And so a date was set. And they invited all the eligible bachelors from miles and miles and miles and miles around. And they all showed up. And they were lined up around the perimeter of this Olympic-sized swimming pool, which he had stocked with alligators and water moccasins and other such things. And he said... The first guy that swims the length of this swimming pool, I will give him his choice. He can have a million dollars, or he can have a hundred acres of my best land, his choice, which could include one or more producing oil wells, or he could get the hand of my lovely daughter in marriage. And as you probably all know, she is the sole heir to everything that my wife and I own. Barely were these words out of his mouth that there was a splash at one end of the swimming pool, followed by an almost simultaneous emergence at the other end of the pool of this dripping wet young man. And the, and the Texan goes over and his man, that's really something, shakes his hand. I have never seen anything like that. That's faster than any Olympics swim. I am really impressed, son. I am so impressed. Son, I have to ask, do you want the million dollars in cash? He says, no, sir. Do you want 100 acres of my land? No, sir. Then I have to conclude that what you want is the hand of my beautiful daughter in marriage. No, sir. Well, son, what is it that you want? I want to know the name of the dude that pushed me in the swimming pool. <laughs> he did it for his reason, not the other guy's reason. 
And, so, and sometimes when we're motivating groups, we have to acknowledge the fact that people will do may not want to do things for the reason we want them to, but we need to find a way that they will want to do it. So, a salesmanship may be a group leader or a salesman. Salesmanship requires a great deal of individual motivation, so that's sort of what it's about. A successful salesperson might help a client discover a desire for whatever it is that product or service is so that they can close the sale. Now, some salespeople will only see their desire for making the sale for which they will get income and don't spend enough time relating to the prospect's desires and soon, sometimes they find out they're no longer selling. So, if we don't take into account the desires of the group, we might find we're no longer leading uh, because they don't have any motivation that meets their needs, and so they're going to respond by doing nothing. So, you need to be able to get your group and its individuals going and keep them going in the desired direction. So one of the things that's sometimes used in that, you think back to Abraham Maslow. He uh, put together this pyramid of uh, hierarchy of needs. And we're going to look at these a little bit in, in detail. Oh, and here's, here's the updated version. Some people think Wi-Fi is, is the most important. Um, physiological, hunger, thirst, Sleep. These are a person's physical needs for food, shelter, warmth, etc., etc., etc. At my work, uh, I'm working with my hands, and a, a lot of what I'm doing, I, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. On you know, uh, yeah, maybe it's this soldering a different brace on this trumpet than I did on the last one, but it's still a soldering process, and you do what you have to do. And so my mind isn't, you know, my mind can be relatively free to, to, to think about other things. And I've been known to listen to recorded books. And I remember listening to one book that dealt with uh, some of the, uh, the Bataan death march in the Philippines in World War II. And one of the POW camps there where people didn't have enough food to eat. And... Uh, you know, it, that became a real problem, and, and hunger was just a constant thing. Um, and, and that was the, became their primary motivator. Um, people that, that uh, you know, and, and if you get sleepy enough, it doesn't matter what's going on. You're, you're going to want to, you, you're just going to fall asleep. Um, Another illustration that I've heard on this is somebody's um, is scuba diving, and they uh, notice that there's a shark, and uh, they there's something that they a place that they can quietly go and hide, and and so that hopefully the shark isn't going to observe them, but then they notice that they're running low on air. And all, after a while, all of a sudden, the, the, the need for air is going to be the supreme concern. 
because they, they need to breathe. Safety is another concern. Um, now, there's all kinds of safety that, that could be involved here. So you got physical danger, uh, mental and emotional security. Um, and by the way, our clubs should be a, a safe place for all our kids. And it needs to be free from, from all the horrors of this world, you know, including bullying and, 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 and. They should be a city of refuge for our kids. Safety can be one of the motivating factors. Let's try this again, see if I can get to the next slide. Esteem. So some people, uh, they need to uh, get self-respect, uh, feel some achievement, recognition and love. And so one of the, the things, let, let's pick on Pathfinders and Adventurers. If you do this, this, and this, you'll get this award or this honor. And, you know, that's, an that's a form of achievement. Um, and sometimes it's people need to, to be able to respect themselves, to see, feel it. Other times they need, for, they need to feel that other people can see, yeah, they, yeah little Johnny, I, he did that. And, and he did a good job at it. Self-actualization, uh, it's, it's where we're looking at personal development and the ability to develop our own gifts to their potential. Now, if one of our stronger needs is threatened, we jump down to defend it. You don't worry about status, for example, if you're starving. Uh, and if you appear to threaten people's security by your proposed changes as a leader, you should expect them to respond. Uh, a lot of times leaders will come in with all kinds of new ideas and they want to change this, 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 and this. And a lot of people don't want to change. A lot of people want to just stay with what they've got. Uh, now, another point is a satisfied need will cease to motivate. Uh, when, er when an area of need is met, then you'll finally figure out the next one. And so those can then motivate. In particular, when the psychological and uh, physiological and security needs have been satisfied, they don't move us up so strongly. Now, how far this will go up the scale, people can discuss. Now, he, Maslow was a secular humanist, and we're not going to endorse all of his ideas, but I think he had his oars in the water on this hierarchy of needs. Hertzberger also had a two-factor theory about, um, about these things. Uh, achievement, where you have a sense of personal achievement in the work being accomplished and brought to a successful conclusion. Uh, a sense that one is making a worthwhile contribution to the objectives of a group. Here we have a group that I'm planning not to join, the North Pole Marathon. I don't think they were actually at the North Pole, but um, hey, different people will are, are interested in different things. 
And right here, um, between the, the two sessions that we just had, um, interesting discussion with a pastor and one of the kids from his Pathfinder Club uh, about the importance of Pathfinder Bible experience. And uh, that was a big motivator uh, for them. And, and my hat is off to anybody that can get kids excited about studying the Word, you know. But they felt that they were, uh, they, this, this one young lad he introduced me to, uh, it talks here about a sense of personal achievement in the work being accomplished and brought to a successful conclusion. A team of two kids that got a first place at the division level Pathfinder Bible experience. That's an achievement. Recognition. How much recognition is needed? Different people are going to be needing different amounts. Uh, among the things that, that we do to give people recognition is uh, the, the most common thing that, that comes to mind is our investiture uh, service, where people will get um, the, the patches and, and pins and, and, and everything like that. There are some people, there are some clubs where they will do some of those, they will have the investiture service at the end of the Pathfinder or Adventurer year uh, where they get, have completed their, uh, their classwork, uh, such a, I don't remember what the name for the Adventurer one, but Investiture Achievements, the Pathfinder one. Um, and there are some clubs who, in the during the year, will periodically hand out the honors that have been achieved, just as a little uh, recognition along the way, and to help motivate kids a, a little more. Here we find people at, at the lunch where the guy says, "I didn't get Employee of the Month or Employee of the Week, but I was fourth runner-up for Employee of the Nanosecond." Um, not everything that we do is worthy of a ribbon or, or a pin or a patch. So, interest, a feeling that the work is challenging and demanding the best from an individual. Here we have somebody sitting in their cubicle who obviously is counting the, their days, uh, not very interested, and it says, I'm starting to get the impression you're not happy here, Jones, as he marks off the, the days he's been there. So how much are people allowed to control the work that's being done? How much are they being trusted? Do they give, have we given them authority to make decisions? And if so, are we going to hold them accountable for the work that's done? Um, that alone can, will motivate some people. Having, being actually given the responsibility and trusted. Advancement, the feeling that as an individual, one is developing and advancing in experience and nobility, the prospect of promotion or advancement, providing the right climate and opportunities for meeting these needs, you know, is sometimes a tough thing to do, but it can be re a re rewarding part of it. Talking about advancement, the last um, 
a week ago this last Sabbath in Lansing, we had uh, the Sabbath School Promotions Program where some of the kids left the kindergarten class to move to the, to the after kindergarten primary and, and so on, so on. Um, and some of that doesn't seem like it's a big deal to some of the adults, but to some of those kids, it really is a big deal. And, and so we need to remember that. So how do you motivate adolescents? Well, you might want to build relationships with them. Be a model. Be careful with stereotypes. Now back to being a model. I remember talking with somebody years ago when I was with the first club I had and I was still trying to figure out what path I, what I was supposed to be doing. And, and this gentleman said, most important thing you can do is for you yourself to live by the pledge in law. And then you can't expect the kids to live by the pledge in law if you don't. So be a model. Be careful of stereotypes. Provide and give them opportunities for the, to take some initiative. Now, I'm a big believer in the teen leadership training program where young people are basically taught the different parts of how to run a Pathfinder Club. Um, when I had the was director of the Lansing Capitals in here in Michigan, uh, one year I remember we had some TLTs and for this one meeting Carmen was supposed to lead the shells on her. She'd, uh, she had a power, she'd been given a PowerPoint and she had worksheets and she had shells to hand out and I mean, Carmen was ready to go but she needed a computer and uh, a projector. Well, that wasn't going to be, we didn't figure that was a problem because the classroom we were going to do it in in the school had a projector and so we could just use that and everybody was going to go in there and, and we were going to work on shelves. Until we found out that the school board decided to have a special meeting that night in that room. There was only one projector set up that I knew of in the whole, in the whole school. And so we had this quick staff meeting and I pulled in, made sure to pull in the, the TLTs because I go, Dave screwed up. He should have had plan B figured out, but I did not have plan B. So I, I pulled everybody together. I said, okay, this, we're planning on doing Carmen with shells and she was going to need the PowerPoint for that. Uh, but, but the school board's taking over the room. Any ideas? And this one TLT looks to the other and says, well, isn't there a projector in, in that closet down there off the gym where they're going to be doing this, the meetings? And, and, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, well, let's go down there. And so we go down there and do it. Um, I wouldn't know that. They came up with the idea. Um, if you've got TLTs, lean on them. I mean, don't squash them. But give them 
uh, opportunities to take initiative and, and and be real when you, when you give them uh, some some chances in on the decision making. We've all heard of peer pressure. Peer pressure can be very can be a very positive thing, and and you can have people encourage one another. Um, sometimes they want to make commitments. And we need to give them those opportunities. One of the neatest things I have observed in the last five years or maybe a little more, um, at Pathfinder Fairs uh, and some at, the, at our camperees, um, right now we're, we're doing, uh, and it used to be the fair was a one-day event, and we went to uh, a place and did it. But the decision was made to go to Camp Asable, which is the summer camp, and there's a wilderness area there, and this, use the same area we use for the camperees. So then all of a sudden, when the decision to do that was made, okay, how do we differentiate between camperee and the fair, and what, what are the differences? And, you know, I, I think it's really cool that the leadership took time to do that, and they figured out that, okay, Camp Restarts at the beginning of the year, and this needs to be a largely club-centered event. We need to give times for the clubs to work together to, within the club to get to know each other. And we're going to do a bunch of stuff together uh, as a conference, but uh, we're going to leave time within each club for, the, for people to get to know each other. And then at the fair, this is at the end of the year, so at the end of the year, that's when we're going to have the, the, the inspection of your campsite because by now you should know how to, how to pitch a tent. You should know how to do all the stuff. And by now you should have your uniforms. Uh, and so that's how we do it. And Pastor Craig has, has literally taught directors he's given them some handouts but he's taught directors that one of the best times uh one of the best people to ask for a commitment for them to give their heart to the lord is sometimes the pathfinder director or a counselor around a campfire and he's told them how to do it and you know when you go to you, you get these reports that 13 kids around campfires gave their heart to the Lord. <laughs> you know, that's you know, that's why we do that. This is why we have this, that's why we do this stuff. So that's that can be a part of a motivation. We need to provide safer opportunities for risk taking. What kind of risks do Adolescents like to take. All or nothing. On risk-taking, this can go, you can look at this on a number of different ways. One of the ways, maybe you've got somebody in the, that's, that's wants to uh, help kids um, utilize ropes climbing and help kids figure out, you know, let them go down go down a, a, a steep cliff or something. Uh, 
and you have to manage the risk for that, so figure out how to do it safely. Or maybe the risk is walking up to somebody and inviting them to Sabbath school. You know what? No, what? 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 Are, what? What does a kid risk when he does that? Rejection. Is that real? Are kids scared of, to do uh, of rejection? Are adults scared of rejection? Yeah, yeah, we are. But find out, find ways for safe ways to do that. Hey, we're, we're we got this cool VBS that's going on. You, you want to come help out with that? Or you you know, the, there's safe ways to do it. We need to build relationships with our kids, uh, provide an environment for a group or one-on-one, -on -one. uh, and we need to, they need to believe that adults are actually interested in them and, and be genuine with, when you're with them. Um, there, you know, we all know that there are some adults that haven't grown up, and there are different parts to growing up, and, and, and you know, just as, as I just said that, and, and, and you, I hear you chuckle. I, I think back. You know, one of the reasons some of us are still in Pathfinders is because, in some respects, we don't want to grow up. We want to keep doing that fun stuff that the Pathfinders do, and uh, you know, we're not going to have s'mores on our own. But if if we're doing Pathfinders, we might have s'mores. You know. And uh, yeah, I remember this, talking with this one guy that was a staff member in a different club. And, and one of his favorite things to do uh, was to take a kid who's never been camping in his life, camping, and introduce him to the wonders of, some of the wonders of nature and, and that you can have fun uh, roasting a marshmallow and over a fire and, and and all of that kind of stuff. Be careful of stereotypes. So, we don't want to always assume that early physical developers will act more maturely than peers who have yet to begin to grow. And don't assume that physically attractive adolescents are intelligent and responsible. And don't assume that they're not. Um, but sometime people will say, well, so-and-so is the tallest in the group, therefore they must be the most mature. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, be careful with some of that kind of stereotypes. And don't assume that, that somebody that's got some extra pounds is undisciplined, irresponsible, or lazy. It might be that there's a hormonal imbalance. Um, so, adult, what, what are the adult expectations? It says here, we act like we are treated. Um, give them expectations to live up to. Um, give opportunities for them to take initiative. Uh, provide reasonable limits. Uh, so, come with me back in time. We're at one of the, I think it was the second 
Oshkosh Campery. And I was taking the Lansing Capitals Pathfinder Club there. And we just got back from evening meeting the first night. And uh, people are gathering uh, under the canopy. And uh, one of the teens comes up to me and says, Mr. Christensen, Mr. Christensen, can we go to the St. LeGuire? Slow down, slow down, slow down. What? Come to find out there was going to be a mass choir. And she and some of her friends wanted to sing in it. And I says, okay, so when is this now? And we talked a little bit. And it says, okay, so how long does the rehearsal last? And blah, blah. So we, we worked it all out. So they could, the idea was they were going to go, and they, but they were supposed to be back by, and I don't remember the time, but for illustrative purposes, let's just say it was 1030. Okay? Because that's an easy number. So he says, okay, well, so then I, I will see you at 10.30, right? Right. Okay, okay. And, and they ran off. And most of the kids were in bed by then, which they needed to be. We had one kid that went missing fairly early on and went looking for him. He was one of the friends. He was just a fifth grader. and uh, But he just... He disappeared. We went looking all over, come to find out. He was in his sleeping bag asleep. <laughs> Smart kid. He was tired and he knew what to do. And so, just a few of the staff are sitting around at 10.30. And, and I, you know, I'm watching my watch, but, you know, I, I'm not pacing back and forth. And it was coming up on 10.30, and I hear the sound of running feet. And did we make it in time? Did we make it in time? Yes, we made it in time. And come to find out, they left the rehearsal before it was over because they knew they had to be back by 10.30. I says, okay. So now that if... So, if how much longer would you need to have stayed to get to the end of the rehearsal? And then how much more time so that you could walk back and not be out of breath. So we added that together because they had shown they were responsible. I could trust them. I gave them some responsibility. They showed they were that they could do what I asked, and so we gave them more responsibility. That was a nice initiative. Then and they sang in the choir, and the choir sounded good. Although I have to pick, have to confess. There were like 350 kids up there, and I couldn't pick out my kids' voices. I could, I could, identify, I, I could identify them, because I had a small pair of binoculars with me. But yeah, I could, I could see them in the group. Uh, but, you know, we gave them enough structure uh, so that they knew what to do, and, and they did it. And they, they handled... It well. Um, what is it that, you know, when you have teens, especially, you need to get them involved in, the, in some of the decision making. Uh, younger ones uh, are, are less, this is less of, of a, an issue. Um, after the first Oshkosh, I was back home uh, visiting my, uh, my, my parents 
and uh, some other folk back home. And I talked talking with the uh, husband of the deputy director that I had, who is now the, the director of the club. And he made this wonderful observation. He says, the young kids were interested in activities. The older kids were more interested in relationships. And so they would, they would do activities, but they would do them as a group. Uh, well, I'm not going to do it if she's not going to do it with me, kind of thing. Um, so we, and that's a part of growing up. Uh, and so we need to get our, as we look at our activities, plan for some of this. The younger kids are going to need more activities. And the, uh, the older ones are going to want to be doing stuff together. Um, balance youth autonomy and adult control according to, you know, give them as much control as they can manage. Uh, you know, we want them to have the opportunity to learn. Uh, occasionally, that we, guess what? Like adults, they're going to make mistakes. But try and help them learn that how, when you make a mistake, how to get things back on track. Um, peer influence, we need to make that positive as much as possible. Um, a couple years later, we were on a camp out, uh, and the whole idea was work on camping skills. And we wanted to knock off those camping skills uh, requirements. And, you know, this was at the beginning of the year and make sure everybody knows how to pitch the tent and, 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 you know, all of that stuff. And Dave screwed up. Not for the first time, not for the last time, but not that I've tried to, but there was this one friend, fifth grader, who really looked up to some of the older kids, some of the teens. And he really, really looked up and, and he loved to hang out with them. And they were nice guys, and they'd let him. And I didn't make him go to bed when he should. He, sh he should have gone to bed before they, did, before they needed to. And I didn't have him do that. And the next day, uh, you know, fatigue raises its ugly head. And it shows up in how he's behaving himself. And I was just thrilled to death when one of the TLTs went over to him and, and started literally putting peer pressure on him to, hey, yes, you, I, I know you want to do that, but the time for doing that is past, and right now we need to pick up our stuff and put it in the trailer. Uh, you know, I was just thrilled to see that. Um, Plan activities that require collaboration rather than competitive efforts. Sometimes competition can, you know, you know okay, who can, uh, who can get their, their tent up the quickest? You do that, well, maybe you've got a tent that's not quite right. Um, but uh, see how much you can have them work together to accomplish things. And if you more goals and rewards that require cooperation, the better off you are. 
Okay, we need to make tracks here because we're about out of time. Um, Short-term goals, um, you know, sometimes we just need somebody who's willing to lead out in one little project. And you don't have to lead out in it for the whole year, just, just for, the, for this next camp out. Are you willing to be the person in charge of making sure that we insert something that has to be done? And maybe you're going to give them a list of, you know, say, hey, these are the things... I'm, I'm needing a leader on, for each one of these. Who's, who's willing to be responsible for this one? Who's willing to be responsible for that one? Um, and let them make their own choice. But, you know, you want to have them enough stuff for so everybody's got something to do. Everybody feels like they're needed. I think we talked a little bit about risk-taking before, um, but it can help promote self-esteem. Any questions on what we've covered here so far? Okay, we got a little bit more to go. Supposed to talk a little about enthusiasm. I remember when I was a student in academy, Forrest got up in Sabbath school and, and he was behind the pulpit. And this is just the academy Sabbath school. He says, we all need to get excited about investments. That's how he said it. And guess what? <laughs> Nobody got too excited that day. Um, but sometimes it's just being enthusiastic about something can go a long way to help getting stuff done. We need to believe in ourselves. Now, here we have an illustration where somebody may have some, some uh, don't quite believe in everything, that, but uh, work on developing your enthusiasm. Um, look for solutions. Uh, try and be oriented towards solutions, uh, not just thinking all about the problems. Here's somebody that came up with a creative solution when the conference table was a little bit too small. I would not have thought to do that, but uh, it looks like a good idea for, for that particular group. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this Mark Twain quote, wrinkles should merely indicate where smiles have been. Be willing to give of yourself and share what you have with others. Um, look on the advantages of projects instead of talking about why something won't work. Find ways that, that you can make it work. Uh, so, don't let obstacles get you down. Beethoven went deaf. Edison was a fail. He also went deaf. Uh, not as deaf as Beethoven, but he had a problem with deafness. But he was a, a failure at school. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was a physical wreck when he was a youth. Uh, Fanny Crosby was blind. Helen Keller could not speak, hear, or see. 
although she did, after a while, somewhat learn to speak. Uh, I did hear a recording of her, and it was not a lovely, melodious voice, but she had, you know, she was doing the best that she could. Booker T. Washington overcame a lot of prejudice. Learn to rally others to your cause. You don't want to be in a rut. So someone once said that a rut is a grave that the end's knocked out. But don't you learn to be enthusiastic about life, and it can help you develop an attractive personality. It's not, it'll help you get rid of some boredom, not only for you, but also your kids. And uh, it can be a key that can open doors. Enthusiasm can be a portrait of praise and show self-confidence and control and be a way to help others to help you. Let's leave the sarcasm aside. And uh, sometimes it can be a way to help get rid of anger, sadness, and hate as you make other people feel good. A man said, I'm a car that's capable of doing 60 miles an hour, but the self-starter won't work, the battery's flat, I'm in a rut, and life has lost its meaning. I've just aches and pains, no energy, no inspiration. Well, what do you do? What do you do? How do you recharge? Well, I'm going to recommend this. Surrender daily. Make a habit of prayer and Bible study. Pray for strength and enthusiasm. Develop your relationship with Christ. So, be cheerful, be friendly, and, and be a genuine person. Try and know what you're talking about and, and be willing to praise people. Sometimes this can just, a little bit of praise can go a really long way for somebody. Spread compliments, real ones, wherever you go. Because everybody is looking for that pat on the back. They don't always want to admit it, but they are. If we act as though comfort and luxury were the chief requirements in life, we do act that way. And sometimes all we really need to make us happy is something to be enthusiastic about. Doesn't take much to keep them interested. Don't be overly opinionated. This is getting to be a problem in our society today. And I don't want to get political, but um, we need to look for the good things in and about people. Look for the best in everyone. You know, a lot of what we're talking about here comes under care for my body and, and keep the morning watch and some of this other stuff, right? Okay. Sometimes somebody just needs a, a chance to share some of what's on their heart. So be willing to lis listen to what somebody else has. 
make them feel better just because you showed up and you were interested in what they had. That is what's called encouragement. Plant that in your garden, water it, and work with it on a regular basis. Pardon? Yeah. Well, we're out of time. Let's have a prayer. Our Father, today, we thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Help us that we can be an encouragement to those that we run into. Help them that we can be a window that they can see you through. We ask this in thy name. Amen.